Hey, Kurt, what are you drinking? I'm drinking some coffee. Ooh, what kind? Dragonfly Coffee Roasters. It's delicious. Oh, just like the end on the show. Yeah. And if anybody wants to buy some of their coffee, they can go to dragonflycoffeeroasters.com and use GGFN10 for 10% off all products. Ooh, that's a good deal. I know, right? Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find her at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Presumably, by the time people hear this episode, my eye will have been all healed up. So. Oh, you can hear everything in the last episode about what happened to your eye. Yeah. That's a good plug for the last episode. Accident. Although, I don't know, would you call it an accident? Sorry? A condition. I'm trying to think of, like, would you call it an accident? It's yeah. probably more like a freak condition. Yeah. Because you have no idea how this happened. Yeah, I woke up and my eye was sore, and then the next day, my I can't see out of my eye at all. So, but so, I'm... so you, you woke up and then you couldn't see the next day? Or that day you couldn't see? Well, like, my eye was sore... For the, like the whole day, and then I went to bed. And I woke up. And I couldn't see out of my eye at all, and apparently it like started bruising, and that's why I can't see. But I'm starting to see now. Like even since we last recorded, I can see a little bit more light. Starting to get a little bit more eyesight back slowly but surely. You've been remarkably upbeat for not being able to see out of your eye. Yeah, I mean, like if to, I could like permanently have, like, not see out of my blind. eye. Sure, that would be a problem. Yeah, but still... Temporarily I mean, like, not being able to see out of my eye? I can deal with that. I mean, it sucks, but it's like, oh, there's worse things. See, that's why I like that we're friends, but we're different enough. Like, mm. I would be utterly panicked. Although, sometimes in crisis, I get really calm, but still. I Anything to do with my eyes, because you get two. Like, that's it. <laughs> you know, like, they don't do, like, replacement eyes. No, I don't think they. You, I mean, you can get corneal transplants, but I don't think you can get eyeball transplants. I mean, you can get like the fake eye, but it doesn't work. But you can't get one donated. No. So yeah, but I have to give you credit. You've been you've been a trooper. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. What you do except take care of your eye, right? So. Yeah, and it's a uh, you know it's one of those things like, you know. It's, if they had said, like, oh, that's it, you have no more eyeball, I'd be freaking out probably. But they're like, eh, after a week. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Things things are all good. Things are all good with uh, the eye. Presumably by the time you listen to this again, my eye will have been completely healed. So, presumably. But it doesn't look bruised, right? Like, if I, if I saw you, your eye... Your... It's I like a little blue in spots, but yeah, it's not like, it doesn't look like, it's not like a total black eye or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I vote for sleepwalking. <laughs> yeah. I know. 
But uh, yeah, let's talk about Gilmore Girls. The, the mm-hmm. episode nineteen, season four. Oh yeah. The after yeah, boom. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really a follow up to last week where you find out Floyd suing Richard and Digger, and uh, we find out that Richard made a deal and uh, in a well purposefully or inadvertently has uh, gotten Digger basically all of his accounts gone. So chickens are coming home to roost, as they say. Yeah. His actions have consequences. And we see the first real Lorelai confronting Richard scene. Yeah. Kind of gaslights her. Well, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. I was actually siding with Richard in that argument because he goes, you know, I have to take care of Emily and everything that we've had. And, you know, I just, you know, you want to just take care of your boyfriend. Like, I don't know. I was kind of like, yeah, I think he's got a bit of a point there. Like, he's he's trying to protect everything that him and Emily have. You know, the fact that, you know, she expected that, like, he would drop everything for her boyfriend. Like, I don't know. I was kind of signing with Richard on that. I was like, yeah, I think it is a little. But I didn't see as her protecting her boyfriend as much as she's just shocked that I, I think because I think that the feeling that and maybe this is my feeling is that I didn't see Richard being this person, even though we had hints of it when he talked about, um, you know, how the companies try to push people out. Um, so I, I see where I was surprised that she confronted him because I thought she was going to kind of leave it between Richard and Jason. But it seemed mm. like such an ethical affront to yeah. Lorelai that she was going to say something. So I think it was also from a place of how could you do this to a person too? Mm-hmm. But but I think where Richard kind of crossed the line is when he said, I, I knew you were going to do something. I forget. Like it was some, some, well, I think he said, I didn't expect anything different from you. Right. And I yeah. think that was the, yeah. And I thought that was a slap. Cause I'm like, you haven't known her. Like they've just reconnected after 16 years or now 18, I guess in, in terms of the show. Mm. Um, but to say that I thought was way out of line. Um, and there's a little gaslighting to it. Like, you know, mm. Oh, it's almost like he was portraying her as being unreasonable. And yeah, I mean, I could see where he, he is having to take responsibility for what he did. And then maybe he's feeling like, well, it's none of her business. And one could argue that, yeah, it's not, but at the same time, maybe she's just confronting him cause it's her dad and he's done this thing and it's shocking to her. Yeah. And the fact that he's not, he, he owns up to it, but he kind of has a little bit of, of the Floyd character that we saw last episode where it's just, there's no, he's like, I did what I had to do. And he mm-hmm. just continues to read a book. And I think that dismissal really sets her off too. He's yeah. being dismissive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like, I don't know, when he said that to Lorelai, that to me seemed like it came from a place of hurt from him. Like, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I like it's interesting that you say gaslighting because I didn't get that impression. Like, to me, it just seemed like he just was hurt by her what she said in her actions. But, um, yeah, kind of blaming her, I I felt it was kind of blaming her for his behavior. Like she was mm. out of line, calling him out on his behavior. I didn't. Um, and I didn't say like I yeah. figured. These, I didn't even know what he was. Re- 
referring to? Like, what about her personality says that she would, you know, like, did he expect her to, to you know, support him 100% no matter what he does? I mean, it seemed like something that he would have said in an argument with Emily. Mm. It just seemed really odd. But I think it was a way to shut her down and dismiss her and, and you know, paint her as being too sensitive or too to um you know involved in it or something i yeah but i i can see where he said it as a place of hurting but i think the purpose was also to make it make her feel like she was being the unreasonable one yeah you could argue that yeah maybe she was being unreasonable but i think also i think it had less to do with jason and more to do with just who she knew him to be yeah because they're probably been shielded for most of his business stuff right well and i yeah. think too like he he's been he's in a place now where like everything is out in the open for him like the the relationship between jason and lorelei and his money problems and all this other stuff and like i think yeah i think it is probably yeah true that he's lashing out at lorelei because he can't lash out at floyd at floyd or uh jason uh, and I think, yeah, he's using her as sort of like a avatar for his frustration. Um, yeah. But and, and let's all go back to the fact that he put his pension up as collateral without telling Emily. Yeah. And I wonder if he would have done the same thing about, you know, getting together with Floyd and dropping Jason if his his pension wasn't on the line. Probably not. No. But yeah, I. I and that's what kind of all boils down to, right? I understand where he's coming from because, yeah, he is protecting everything that he has. And, yeah, you know what? He probably shouldn't have put his pension up as collateral. That's pretty risky. Um, Without telling your spouse, I think. Yeah, especially yeah. when that's the money that she's going to also need to live off of. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we've kind of get a big fallout from that. You also get the fallout to you know from the fact that jason finds out that uh yeah he that richard took all of the clients with him and that uh, he has no clients now um which right. i don't know like when he decides at the end of the episode to sue richard i was sort of in my mind i was thinking like it's interesting that like he did that and he didn't seem to have thought out the repercussions like he's dating uh lorelei and he just figures that everything will be fine that he sues her father without checking with her first like you think he would have been like right. hey i think this is probably what i this is probably something i need to do but like what do you think or something like that but instead he's just like yeah i'm suing your father and she's like nope i'm out and the way he did it, I think, was also for maximum drama, right? Which is probably for the show, but um, for the audience. But maybe he figured that when the dad was going to sue them, mm. that she didn't, that he didn't dump her, so then she wasn't going to dump him when he was suing her dad. Yeah. Like vice versa. So, or you know, I mean, I, Jason's been pretty self-focused too, you know, and and he's probably reeling, and I think he said like, "This is my livelihood." So he's panicking, thinking he has to move. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I thought that Richard saying, well, why don't you just move, was really tone deaf. Yeah. You know, when Lorelai's opening this in, and yeah, I, I think Richard was panicking. Um, 
But yeah, so Lorelai says, you know, I can't date somebody that's suing my family. And it's kind of a callback to there's a previous episode where she had an issue with someone else and like something about the family. So she, she, um, you know, has a lot of issues with her family, but she's also extremely loyal to them. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think the issue too is like Lorelai's stuck in the scenario where, you know, she's got two parties that she has to try to appease. And I think she tries to in this episode and what, you find is that she's not able to appease both. So she has to choose because it's interesting that she goes to Richard and tries to reason with Richard. It doesn't quite work. She tries to reason with Jason and that doesn't work. So ultimately at the end of the episode, I think it's interesting that the episode ends things on the note of her choosing to uh, dump Jason because she has to make a decision family or Jason and this episode really was kind of like a Lorelai focus episode, even though the lawsuit and all that is primarily between um, Richard and Jason. Uh, it was just interesting that they kind of gave this story to Lorelai where she's at a crossroads and she has to decide. I thought that was really interesting that they kind of gave her this tough decision to make. Like, does right. she stick with Jason or does she stick with her family? And ultimately, at the end of the day, she chose family. Which I think even after his interaction with her dad, yeah. Well, I wonder if it was reactionary to that too, where you know, like Richard tells her, like I didn't expect anything differently, and then she does this at the end of the episode. Maybe, at least in my interpretation of things, to show show to Richard, like, no, I am here for the family. The family is what's important to me. So. And then we also have the thing of when Emily's maids were suing. Didn't mm -hmm. Laurel actually come out in favor of the maids when she did her deposition? Yeah. Which well, is, I was thinking about that. I think she does it less intentionally. Like, she does it as, like, right. you know, I think she just is brutally honest with no filter, but I don't think she means any ill by it. Yeah. So. But, it, but, yeah, maybe she's being honest. It didn't make Emily look very good. Yeah. No. So, yeah, I mean, either decision that she makes it's going to be a tough one for Lorelai. So yeah, it's interesting to see her and, and her character's kind of evolved over time. I think that she's, she's really thinking things through and how it impacts other people. And Lorelei? I think she did that earlier in the series, but I think not to this extent. Oh yeah. But yeah, yeah. She, now she's got her own business and she's got that to think of. And we find out they even have a logo on the car. Now they've dragon plans built up. They've yeah. got a, a tour of, of what tourism um, travel agent people coming in mm -hmm. and yeah so we get to see a little bit about the end so that was exciting yeah yeah and uh, yeah Suki's got a moment where she's like it's gonna work and it's like okay because you broke your toe or something <laughs> I don't know what she did but she did something um the kitchen antics yeah yeah um yeah i think uh yeah richard uh the season has been very dismissive of emily and like emily i think is becoming increasingly resentful and so you sort of have these these two sort of parties kind of coming to a head so um yeah um yeah it, it just it also like seem like I like that the show doesn't shy away from the fact that like these are just natural reactions people would have to these situations. Like 
they don't go out of their way to be like, no, Richard and Emily would work things out because we have to have them together. Like, no, they're on the cusp of separating. Uh, well, even in this She's episode, they are mm-hmm. separated in this episode. Like, right. you know, near the end of the episode, you find out that um, uh, Emily is uh, staying at a hotel indefinitely. So it's interesting. I understand that Lorelai knows her mom so well that she called every hotel that has high tea. Oh, yeah. To find her. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. And it's just interesting, too, that, like, for Lorelai, like, she's sort of at the cusp of, like, this big career goal of her finally opening her own inn, but she's just got so much turmoil in her personal life. Uh, you know. I don't know. Just, there's a lot of dynamics to these characters, and this episode really kind of shows off a lot of those dynamics in a really interesting way. So. Um. Yeah. Lane two point oh. Yeah, Lane two point oh. Lane sees her. Her mother is um, what she thinks has replaced her. Oh, she even goes into the house, which I thought was kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie. That was creepy. Yeah, like went into the girl's room. Like, like, and you would think. I know this might sound bad, but why didn't Miss or Mrs. Kim change the locks? Like, you know, like I it's. I'm not changing the locks, but I could also see her feeling lonely that she's missing her kid, and she wants yeah. to also stick with her plan of you can't live here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, did you think that her having the exchange student was a a way to get back at Lane, or do you do you feel like she just is lonely and like did you feel it was malicious? No, I think like she would have done it out of like her religious feeling of like helping others of service yeah like i don't get the impression she would do something like that to get back at lane because ultimately i kind of feel like mrs kim doesn't care like she flat out tell told lane when she left like you either follow my rules or you leave like kids don't make the rules like that doesn't sound like somebody who really regrets that decision like she made her call and i think she would stick with it she's not gonna punish lane or anything She's just going to say, hey, you made that choice. We're all living with it. Like, that's how it is. And her punishment, too, is to not say anything. Yeah. And and because we've seen that before. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think when when the girl's wearing her clothes and Rory's like, you didn't even like that outfit. Yeah. You know? And but you you hear the pain in Lane's voice that she feels like she's been replaced. Yeah. At the same time, you know, she's got, you know, Zach is picking up these girls from some, some show they were playing. And then um, Sebastian Bach's back. And oh, yeah. Character, Gil. Gil. Gil's got his wife at the show. Hey, I'm and Gil. Then, um, Gil, yeah. And then, um, and then the other guy's got his family there. <laughs> the Sorrow so, Kid. That was weird. Yeah, that's, yeah I liked him. Because why not? If you want to dress like Sorrow sure and i love that that um that the guy in the band what what's the guy that's not zach the one brian brian i like that brian um when zach made a comment about oh that's one last wedding you have to go to and zach got or whatever his name is brian Brian. got kind of defensive of his cousin and i thought that was really sweet yeah um yeah also to somebody that likes people that wear zoro outfits well, you know, whatever makes you comfortable, right? Maybe this, I want to imagine this guy does isn't comfortable in social situations, so maybe wearing a Zoro outfit just makes him comfortable. So why not? Hey, 
Buffy. He's not hurting anybody. Nope. Uh, also, I feel like they're kind of setting up a little bit of a thing with Lane and Zack because, like, I don't know. It seemed yeah, like she was getting a little yeah. jealous when those two girls showed up. Yeah. And, and wow, I also don't have any use for Zack, so add that to the list with um, Taylor and Dean. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, you know, we got rid of Dave, so we have to find someone new. Right. Well, I mean, he was just being so, like, it, there's there's some misogyny going on there. Like, you know, she's the one that's supposed to do the grocery shopping, even though it was his turn. And just the way that they were treating her was kind of ridiculous. Also, too, when, like, like the one girl comes up and he remembers her name, and she's surprised. I'm like, is it really that shocking that he remembered her name? Like, is it really? Right. So. Right. Cool. Um. Yeah. Do they have a name uh, yet? I mean, I know what their name turns out to be, but do, I don't think they've ever called themselves a name. And, like, when Gil's shown on the poster, he doesn't reference their name at all. Uh, I think it was, like, names, so all... Hep, Hep Alien, I think it is. They've mentioned it before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, although, I have kind of noticed they don't play any original songs. Anytime we ever see them playing, they're playing, like, some cover song. And I'm like, oh. Like, I'm guessing it's maybe to hide the fact released. that they aren't, like, seasoned mu- musicians or anything, but I was like, Except oh. Sebastian Bach, yeah. Yeah, except for Sebastian Bach, but I was like, oh. But, yeah. I like that he was singing on a song, and this is the first time we've heard him actually sing. And you know what? Kudos on for one him. Of the, one of their band songs. Kudos mm-hmm. to him for, uh, you know, a lot of things. Gil, just the purveyor of positivity in this episode, and every episode he's in. Yeah. Uh, right. Making out with his wife. And he loves his wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. he loves his wife very much. So, yeah. or mm-hmm. um, you know, when he was lifting up his shirt, and Zach's like, oh, "That's not cool," and he's like, "No, posi positivity is fine. Like, chill mm-hmm. out, Zach." So, go Gil for being the purveyor of positivity in the show. He's just such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. how could you not? He love just Gil? wants to be happy. Yeah, I just need to like. I know they were gonna do a spinoff of. Uh, Jess, I want to like a Gil spinoff. That's what we need. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. I wonder if they ever pursued that. Oh, definitely not. I, I don't think anyone's ever thought. They could have done so many spinoffs. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. Some for some reason, Gil breaks up with his wife and moves in with Kirk, and then it's basically the odd couple, but with Gil and Kirk. Maybe you know he helps Kirk kind of, you know. Come out of his shell. Watch, well, Kirk does have his girlfriend still, so. Lulu? Yeah, maybe it's Lulu and Gil. Yeah. And Kirk. Yeah. And then they play pranks with Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, I'm trying to think what else happened in this episode. I think we covered almost all of it, really. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, oh, there was a great. Go to the house, and Emily and Richard are acting weird. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and that's when you find out they're separated, which I thought was an interesting way that they showed it. How they were like really like something's not right, and then you find out that Emily's not staying there. Um, also, too, Kirk's dialogue with Lane about the sandwich was pretty great. He's like, "Do I have to show up to the concert to get the sandwich?" Can I bring right. my own sandwich? 
So he looks at the sandwich and he's like, "Oh, that one. That one looks like it travels or something." Yeah, he's he's really forward thinking, Kirk. Mm-hmm. So, and you said he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Because yeah. I know his brother directed it. Yeah. So who did he play in Guardians of the Galaxy? There was like a space pirate group in that movie, and he was one oh. of the space pirates. Yeah. Oh. He's in the second one too, so and presumably the third one's coming out next year. He'll be in the third one too. Or maybe it's not coming out next year. Maybe it's the year after. Yeah. You know, I, I read on Reddit somewhere, somebody was like, what if all of uh, the actors' roles are all just him as Kirk doing different, different jobs? And I just want to believe that's the case. Like, Wait, my brain, this sounds brilliant, so my, my brain is still processing. Say that again? So somebody on Reddit suggested that any role Sean Gunn plays is really just another job for Kirk. So when he's in Guardians of the Galaxy and he's a space pirate, that's just Kirk with a different job. He's like just it's a space all the pirate. same universe. Yeah. <laughs> like so, you know, That'd like be like the entire Marvel Comics Obscure is within the Gilmore Girls universe. I like it. Yeah. Well, in like the Suicide Squad, he played a guy named Calendar Man and he was in prison, but really, what if it was just Kirk had to go to prison and he was just Kirk in prison? So Kirk's a jack of all trades. Yeah. Okay. And really, if you try to tell the me that's... The mailbox that the last episode, huh? Was that... I think that was this episode, I think. Was that this episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing, too. Luke finalizes his divorce. That was divorce. last episode. Hmm? Was it? Yeah, that was last episode. Yeah. Because Mailbox Etc. must have paid them some good money because they said Mailbox Etc. I feel like that was this episode. I feel like it was. Because I feel like the open on this episode was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was this episode. What? Really? Yeah. Because he was talking about his thumb being, still having ink on it. And I'm like, how could you have ink still on your thumb from last episode? Okay. Yeah. Uh, who is your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode? My favorite is Lorelai. I thought she did a really good job. Um mm. This is the first time I actually named Lorelai. Uh, good job confronting Richard. I thought that was well done. Yeah. Uh, worst, I you know Richard. I think he. I've never said Richard as worst performance, but I thought that he, there could have been more that he could right. have done. Also, um, Michelle's accent was dropping like flies. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. You know, he had an accent. He didn't have an accent, and so that I also put that as worst too. Hmm. Which has got to be difficult keeping up an accent like that, especially with certain voice intonations. Like, I know this is ours, so you would think that if you have a French accent, I'm not going to try to do it, but your R's sound different. And mm. his R's sounded clearly Canadian slash American. So, so it was kind of it, when he's showing everybody around. So there's one word with, an, with a hard R in it, and I was like, ooh, that does not sound French. So... But again, yeah. you know, he might have been doing like 50 takes of this. We don't know. So, Yeah. Well, and I get where they were coming from. I do think like maybe the performance stifled things a little bit. But I kind of like, I want to imagine, maybe I'm just being an optimist that like, yeah. There was, there was basically just a better way they could have communicated the fact that like Richard was just disappointed in uh, Lorelai choosing presumably choosing uh jason over her own family i think that was what they were trying to go for i just don't think that maybe the writing or the performances really like relayed that as well as they could 
Because we've seen that actor do so well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Amy Sherman Palladino wrote this episode, so it shouldn't be badly. I wonder, because there's some real rapid fire dialogue at the school. Mm hmm. And she's known for that, you know, with Marvel's Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Rapid fire. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, least favorite, I mean, favorite performance. Yeah, I'll say Lorelai. I mean, this was kind of her episode, even though, like, she's kind of caught in between a bunch of people. This was kind of her episode. I think she did a good job of, like, somebody who's really torn on what to do. Uh, I thought that was really well done. And then, least favorite. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was going to mention, we didn't talk about, um, what we found out about Harris's boyfriend, the professor. But go ahead. I didn't realize. I forgot you. Didn't what did we find out about him? That he has had a habit of he. Oh yes. Dates a student every semester. Yeah. Doyle, the editor, said. Yeah. And we kind of see that he's got some fans. Yeah, he's my, he's my definitely friend. got some fans. That's for sure. Um least favorite Sorry, performance yeah. i'll say paris i don't really like i don't mm. like paris all that much in this episode mm-hmm. i don't know kind of felt like she she's turned into so- oh go ahead kind of felt like she wasn't really contributing much to this episode like you could have just cut paris and this whole asher fleming storyline from this episode would have been fine didn't need it or maybe yeah, just I mean, have kind of yeah or maybe have Asher and Rory, but I don't think you needed Paris in this episode. She didn't do much. No, she, it didn't. That revelation of him dating students didn't really play into her getting an A on the paper. Unless no. you want to look at it as she was concerned that she was going to be the next person that he was yeah. going to start dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, which could be possible, but I think we both came to the conclusion earlier that it probably was that he's kind of trying to get her silence about the relationship. Yeah. But if he's known for doing this, and again, that goes against codes of conduct. Um, and then we have to talk about the power differential. Um, yeah. But we also see Paris act not like Paris. Um, it appears that this guy could probably do anything, and she would kind of let it go. Mm. You know, so it, she, she's gone from being a pretty assertive uh, character to, to not. Mm. And that's probably kind of like you said, like she didn't add a lot to the episode she could have, but again, that's the writing piece. Yeah. Cool. Uh, favorite reference from this episode? I couldn't find a reference in this episode. What was mm. yours? Yeah, favorite reference. I mean, there was. I did like the whole. Um, exchange between um kirk and lorelei in the mailbox etc about bewitched and all that it was just pretty it was a pretty funny exchange yeah it was a ton of references so that's why it's like not one reference in and of itself but just the fact that they were like consistently uh just spouting out references and they were all both eating it up meanwhile luke who seemingly thought that he he would get divorced no problem. He wasn't that concerned about it. Now he's all of a sudden like, hey, can I get some peace of quiet? Which I thought was pretty funny. So. Right. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. They loaded all the references in the beginning. And I thought it was last episode. So that makes sense. Why didn't 
hear any references. But yeah, that yeah. was kind of funny. We're going to talk about that. I'll do a little trip down memory. Yeah. Although it was funny because... Because uh, of course Kirk watches all those. And of course Lorelai watches all those. Yeah. And they don't really bond over much. So it was nice to see them have that moment where they can share those things. So Yeah. Although he did ask her out that one time and she turned him down. But, mm-hmm. so, you know, he does... I think he does have a little crush on her. Maybe they'll reconcile and make it work in the future. But, but Lulu. Yeah. But maybe he's like, Lulu, sorry. Lorelai's the woman for me. Hmm. I feel like that's possible, but not probable. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, we do have one email, by the way. It's from Caitlin. We can do quotes, too, but go, yeah, email. Sorry, yeah, before we do, I almost forgot. Caitlin asked, why was Rory upset she got an A? I thought that was pretty presumptuous of her to go to the, to the professor, but I think the... My guess is the reason why she went to the professor is that she was appalled that um, that he was, um, you know, like Doyle said, that he sees a student and then dumps them at the end of the semester. I think she was also feeling defensive of her friend, Paris. Um, so I think it was more about that than the grade. And she wanted to make sure that she, her silence kind of couldn't be bought. Um, yeah. But I think the way she did it was... Um, it just it felt it felt entitled to me and i know that i've kind of on this thing of like we're seeing that that um rory's becoming more entitled yeah um, usually yeah don't question an a um, but i think yeah I, I think rory has been clear about i know what quality work i have this yeah that's not it uh, but it turns out that maybe you know he explained why it was really good so maybe she's underestimating her abilities um, so, but I think also, I think she's, she's angry with him, too. I think, too, like, it also shows a little bit of, like, Rory's sort of self-absorbedness that, like, she thinks that's why she doesn't even fail to, like, realize that there may be other reasons why she got an A. You know what I mean? And so, like, when he lays out, like, oh, well, you had a really well-structured argument, you made references that, like, others wouldn't, like she didn't think about that. She was so self-absorbed that she only considered the fact that, you know, that she had heard these things and she, you know, didn't just trust the process like she should have. So I thought it was really interesting that I think for me, it reflected more poorly on Rory that she just seemingly made these assumptions about why she got this grade when, you know, he said, he explained why. Um, But yeah. Right. And, and also she got a D in what is a game theory class yeah. on her paper. So she may already have a feeling of, oh, my work isn't up to par for these courses. Because maybe this is the first paper she's turned in, other than that one that she didn't do well on. But yeah, I thought that the way she presented was kind of out of line. But then again, you know, Asher's being out of line too. So yeah. nobody wins in that scenario. No. I think it was... I think they could have done a better job of maybe like portraying Asher in a better way because they kind of still kind of portrayed him as being kind of sleazy and I was like oh well he is a he is a professor that serially dates a student so that's I mean there's a big power differential there and that's a big no-no so you know Rory may have reason to be concerned Mm mm-hmm um and and back when this was filmed it was 
I mean, I know that we talk about just like mores have changed and stuff, but it's still back then was not acceptable for a professor to date their student. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that's changed over time. Yeah. At least from 2004. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like, I walked away a little bit more like, mm, I think Rory could have trusted the system a little bit more. Uh, but I will mm-hmm. I mean, but does Rory trust herself? I think <sighs> yeah, I guess not. Cause like really it kind of also came down to like, she should have just trusted herself, but she didn't. So, um, yeah. Uh, favorite quote now that, that we got that email. Um, she, I like the one lane was talking about all the, the ways that she felt that this girl had copied her. And she even said like, she can probably needlepoint too. So it's kind of like, like when, um, I think it was just kind of sweet. Cause it's like Lane's so concerned about her mom kind of replacing her that mm. God, this girl probably even needle points. Like, you know, <laughs> like Lane, like her mom probably needle points and Lane's wandering on needle point, but she just couldn't catch on to it. Mm. And this girl probably even needle points. I mean, that's how disgusted Lane was. Yeah. That this girl may be outdoing her in every possible category, and I just thought, I just thought that encapsulated really well. Where you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like she probably chews gum well, or better than I do, or something. So, um, it, and then I also thought that there's a quote that I, that I usually don't see a lot of rudeness of Lorelai towards Rory, but Rory was saying, you know, everything's gonna be okay with Grandpa, blah blah blah, and R- Lorelai says. Oh boy, honey, you're living in fuzzy puppy land. But I think Rory was just trying to put a positive on the situation. I don't mm. think she was being naive. Um, and I think in some ways she may know the grandparents better than Lorelai does. Yeah. Um, yeah, my favorite line, not nothing too dramatic, but the scene at the beginning when Luke and Lorelai are walking down the street and then Luke says, Hey, and then Lorelai explains how like she left the tip and she left it the way that he should. And then, uh, then he, then she goes, well, so why are you running down the street yelling at me? And he goes, Oh, I wasn't running. I was walking. I wasn't yelling. I was talking. And then, uh, Lorelai says, Oh, what'd you say? And then he says, Hey, and, she, and then she's like, Oh, Hey, it was just a great little exchange. I like that. I thought that little interaction. So that's, that's Amy's and Calvino writing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Lorelai says at one point, like, Rory, this is the point in the horror movie where the entire audience is yelling, don't go in there. I thought that was pretty great, right. too. Yeah, I like that, too. Especially because you're an aficionado. Yeah. I was like, hey, that it's is true. Whole podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, behind the scenes trivia. Let's see. What is there for this episode? Um, let's see. Uh... Oh, well, uh, when Lorelai says Jack Nicholson and Angelino, Angelino Jolie just kicked this out with parting gifts. Uh, the act, uh, she's talking about uh, when actors play mental institution patients. So. I want to over the cuckoo's nest and girl interrupted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lane's band, when they're playing that song, it was a cover. It was a song called Time Bomb by Rancid, so. Oh, Because oh, yeah. okay. um, yeah. it sounded like a song that was written for the show. Yeah. Like the lyrics and stuff. 
And I like in the beginning, if you have the closed captions on in the beginning when Zach's singing, it just says unintelligible lyrics. Yeah. Oh, like, um, when uh, Brian is performing, apparently he, like, all the actors were cho- told to, like, choose their own styles. And uh, the actor that played Brian decided that he wanted to dress similarly to Avril Lavigne. So, there you go. Is he the one with the asthma? Yeah, the one, yeah. The, not Zach or Gil, but the... Yeah, how is he dressed similar to Avril Lavigne? And apparently he said that he modeled himself after Avril Lavigne. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice any difference with his clothes. Um, you see that they've, they've kind of decorated their place, which is yeah. kind of based on the little money they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they told the, they told um, Brian, like, hey, good job not wheezing on that or something. As a, as a <laughs> or, like, wheezing in sync or something like that. Like Wheezing in sync, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, poor Brian. He tries. Um, yeah. I really like him. And I love that his family showed up. That and was his great. Mom there. And you could tell, like, that was like, not their, yeah. probably their first choice of anything to do on a Friday night. But they were going to be there to support Brian. But they Brian. all showed up, right? Yeah, they were yeah. there for Brian. Right. And he's got, you know, out of what we've seen, he's got the healthiest family. Yeah. I mean, Gil also, too, it sounds like. But. But yeah, I mean, Zach's got an issue with Brian, but Brian's pretty solidly um, supported. Yeah. He appreciates his cousin. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, any mental health observations? Oh, I mentioned Billy Crystal hosting the Oscars too. He was he was one of the best Oscar hosts in my opinion. Oh yeah, one of the better ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, any mental health observations for this episode? Yeah, I think the whole scene between Richard and Lorelai, I think that, you know, Richard's coming from a place of hurt, she's coming from a place of hurt, um, and yeah, they both said things that I, I think Richard kind of pushed it a little too far, but, um, he, you know, he made a personal attack on her, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt that that wasn't fair, and... But at the same time, you see that, you know, family can drive you up a wall sometimes, but you you still, you know, she's still loyal to them. And I'm not saying that that's always the case, because obviously sometimes there are family members that you just can't get along with and you need to have, have um, distance with. Um, mm-hmm. But it was interesting to see her go from just, like, kind of disgust towards her dad to, I can't date somebody that's suing my family. Um, yeah. that that kind of loyalty thing kicked in. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, not always reasonable in all family situations. Um, yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. And and, um, and the fact that Lorelai was so upset about this that Rory's trying to do what's called a reframe and look at it as, hey, everything's going to be fine and this is why, and Lorelai just shoots it down. Um, mm. You know, the reframe is kind of like where you're taking a situation that doesn't look so great in the beginning and you're looking kind of for the silver lining or the thing that you know you might learn or grow from the situation and i think Rory was really trying that mm. yeah that was a little sad that rory's really trying but you know rory you know lorelei's like hey i have life experience with these people but mm. but you could tell she you know there's a thing of, of their relationship that rory I think they try to soothe each other quite a bit. Yeah. And so this is Rory's way of kind of taking care of her mom. 
Not yeah. in a codependent way, but in a supportive way. And Lorelai was like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think, too, like, I don't know. This whole episode was sort of like, what's Lorelai going to decide? Is she going to decide with Jason or decide with her family? So, I mean, it was kind of interesting that, like, ultimately she chose her family because I think she realizes that, yeah, her family's probably more important than Jason. I mean. Well, what? watching this so i was crocheting while i was watching this and so when i i was looking down when i heard lorelei talk to you know some male character about her parents splitting up and i could have sworn it was luke she was talking to jason the way she talked to luke and i noticed that mm. so there's there's a familiarity with jason that she has i think we've talked about too that they're from similar backgrounds and they both went to camp together and yeah it's a weird gross camp story um, mm. where Jason was out of line. Um, but, you know, there's a familiarity with him. I think she also has that with Luke. I think with Luke it's different because she's known him longer, but I just thought that yeah. was interesting that I immediately thought it was Luke, mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have shared that with other people. Yeah. But I wonder, I mean, does how much does Luke know about her family, too? Yeah. I don't know. He's never... Well, no, he's met Emily, right? And did he, No, he's met both of them because they both came to the to the um, cafe in different, or diner in different ways, different episodes. Mm-hmm. We had Richard going when when Emily told him, go do something with your daughter to get him out of the house. And then she went on, what, like a shopping day with Lorelai? So she was in the diner as well. Mm-hmm. And she's also commented about how, you know, are they together? And Luke's been at the house when she's there too. So he has met them. Yeah. But I just thought that was interesting that it was mm. the same familiarity that she would have used with Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she's getting comfortable around Jason, but like there was that shift where when he mentioned the, uh, where, you know, it shifted when he mentioned the lawsuit. That's when she was like, no, I'm dropped. Like she dropped that whole, like, like that Aurora switch- that she had immediately. Right. Sometimes in a relationship, a switch flips. You know, and, um, you know, someone violates a boundary with you. You know, a lot of times that's it. So we'll see if they stay apart. I mean, it was kind it sounded pretty clear that she was ending things with him. But at the same time, I'm not totally sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not sure she walked away in anger or broke up with him, you know, but but we'll see. Yeah. Cool. What are you thinking for a score for this episode? I, I think that I think you're right about the last one that the last scene with Floyd should have been carried over to this one mm. so I would probably say like a seven and a half what would you say mm. yeah it's kind of hard because like I feel like this the subplot of like Lorelai having to figure out what you know who she's gonna side with in this like I thought that was interesting uh, I don't know. I'd give us like an eight. I don't think it's as strong as the last episode, but it's still pretty good. I mean, you know, I think that last one was hard to beat. Yeah, I do think like the last few episodes of the season are some of my favorite. Um, and oh, they all... so now we're into those episodes. Okay. So yeah. Well, even these ones I like. I, like this one, I feel is like a little bit lesser, just because 
it's a little bit more fallout of everything. You're kind of just watching where everything kind of falls and, and lands, but um, yeah. So. It's last stuff in a 45 minute episode. Yeah, that's a lot. a lot of characters. And people are like, this show is not that not that well well developed or whatever. I'm like, hey, have you watched the show? It kind of is. It's pretty, it's got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe not from Dean, but from a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Cool. Maybe, uh, maybe Dean eventually will. Have yeah. A personality transplant. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think Jason needs to go to therapy. That's. I think Jason's got some deep stuff from his family of origin, and I would say that he needs to go therapy. Oh, and there's a therapy joke, too. Uh, Lorelai says to... I think she says to Jason, you know, why go to therapy when you can just unload your family conflicts to on some, someone else for free or something like that? I mean, I can appreciate a good therapy job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every so often, you know, I think if it was done in good taste, yeah, which that one wasn't too bad, I don't think. That was, you're right, right. Yeah. Well, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Guest lighting is her book and Talking Brains is her other podcast. And I'm over at threeingreeners.com. We're almost every other day. We've got new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.